Hello and welcome. It's Kelly Jane McCann, professional organizer and clutter coach. And you are listening to Decluttered by Design, a podcast where I provide practical guidance to help you declutter your life with ease. So before we dive into this episode, you should know that this is the first in a six-part series or mini-season, if you will, where I'm going to walk you through a process that will help you bridge the gap between dreaming and doing. It's a process that will help you gain clarity around your vision and create consistency so you can more easily bring that vision to life. Now, if you know me at all, you know I am a huge fan of vision creation, but I also know that many people struggle with it. So stay tuned for a free mini workshop where I'll help guide you through the process. Also, please know if you're a longtime listener, I'll be back with a brand new season starting on September 1st. But I would wholly encourage you to listen and maybe even re-listen to this mini season, to this six-part series, because it will help you lay a strong foundation for creating any kind of change you seek, in particular decluttering your life. So let's dive in. Have you ever set a goal or made a resolution to create a new habit, but failed to make it stick? Well, the odds say, yeah, you have. And you have a ton of company out there. No matter what data you look at, it's overwhelmingly slanted towards failure. One statistic suggests that 92% of goals are given up on within weeks of setting them, which means that just 8% are realized. Well, that's sad, right? But it's not surprising. Why? Because most people put more thought into deciding what kind of pizza to order than they do in setting goals. Seriously, no one ever says, just bring me whatever you've got or whatever you think I should have. We don't let others choose for us, right? We have definite preferences. We choose our crusts and toppings deliberately. We might even argue over others about what we should get. Then we wait for it to be delivered, anticipating the gooey, cheesy goodness that we'll soon enjoy. We can practically taste it, and it's not even in our hands yet. By the time the pizza arrives, we're definitely committed to it. It's ours. We chose it. We paid for it. We even thought about how much to tip. All very deliberate acts. We care enough that if the wrong pie shows up, we'll be truly disappointed. Enough so that at the very least, we'll call and complain. If you're like me, you might even pitch a mini fit. But we're invested in getting it right, so we will take action to correct the error. And when it comes to our goals, though, too often there's too little deliberation. All too frequently, we allow the world around us to influence us. We might even allow the world to straight up choose our goals for us. And that's just crazy. We take time and effort to get the right pizza, but we allow time and time again our goals to be thrust upon us. Here's an example of what I mean. Let's pretend that you're someone who's never really been interested in making meditation part of your daily life, but you're keenly aware that it's something everyone seems to be doing now. So the more you think about it, the more it seems like maybe you should be doing it too. 
So you decide to create a new habit and you set a goal to start meditating for at least 20 minutes a day. But since that goal is rooted in a should do, not an authentically honest want to do, you feel resistance. And you might not even realize or recognize that that resistance signals a problem because it feels normal. By that, I mean, if you are always setting should do goals, in other words, aiming to conform to societal expectations, resistance will always have been part of the package and you won't even know you should question it. It's something that's always been there And therefore, it feels like it's something that belongs there, right? And then what comes next? You set this goal, you're feeling the resistance. Well, you spend oodles of energy cycles fighting the resistance, also known as emotional clutter. And you don't make progress on your goal. And then you feel like a failure, which is more emotional clutter. But since the goal was never personally important to you anyway, it's no wonder that you failed to follow through. The goal wasn't even yours. Examples like this play out on a daily basis. And Lord knows I have fallen in this trap too many times to count. It's incredibly easy to be influenced by what everyone else is doing and get sucked into thinking we need to be doing it too. This is why we need to put deliberate thought into the goals we set. If we let the world choose for us, we'll never be all in. And being all in is what creates the stickiness that replaces resistance with attraction. Without stickiness, meaning we've got a tenacious desire to be one with our goal, we will be fighting against that resistance forever. So why is this so important? Because if we repeatedly set goals that we fail to meet, we're going to wind up feeling bad about ourselves. We'll lose faith in our abilities and we'll come to see ourselves as non-starters. And when that becomes part of our identity, it's going to be really hard to regain confidence. We might even begin to shy away from acting on things that we actually really want. So what can we do about this? Well, first, as I've already said, it's really important that when we set goals, we do it with deliberate intent. We need them to be meaningful, to really resonate at the soul level if they're going to have that sticky quality. Second, we need to think holistically. And by that, I mean we need a supportive framework that will help us reach our goals. After all, you don't want to be just a goal setter, right? You want to be a goal getter. So we need a process that includes both goal setting and goal getting. Now, it's possible you might be thinking I'm leading up to telling you about the SMART goal process, which I'm sure everyone has heard of and probably used. If you aren't familiar with it, SMART is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, Time Bound. It's a useful process for documenting what you want to do, but there's no guidance attached to it. In other words, it's descriptive, but not prescriptive. So if not SMART goals, then what? Well, I have an answer for that. I call it the Viable Goal Framework. 
VIABLE, as you may have guessed, is an acronym for the elements in the framework. And there are six elements that make up the framework. Vision, intention, awareness, belief, leniency, and energy. So again, it's the viable goal framework. And the six elements are vision, intention, awareness, belief, leniency, and energy. Now I'll be covering all of the elements one by one over the next six episodes, including today. So We're going to get vision today and then the next five um, elements over the next five episodes. So for vision, there are three components. If you think of your vision as the telescope, you can think of the three components as the legs of the tripod where that viewfinder is anchored. Now, it's really important to nail the vision part because without a clear vision for what you want and why you want it, nothing else is really going to matter. So the first part of vision, as I've already talked about, is a true desire. You must have an authentic, obstacles be damned, lusty ambition to make your goal a reality. It cannot be something you think you should do. And it cannot be something someone else wants you to do. It must be something you truly want. You, yes, you, not your husband, not your wife, definitely not your mother. Goals made to please other people mean you are in for a big old heaping portion of resentment with a side of failure to boot. This is definitely no time for people pleasing. Goals are for you. Now they might benefit those around you, but they have got to be, they must be yours to start. So once you've figured out what you want, you need to define why you want to make it happen. Again, this must be why you want it to happen, not why you think it should happen, not why you think this is why I think I should want it to happen. So I think you're getting the point that I loathe the shoulds. They just suck the joy out of life. And this is a very fine but very important distinction here. You've got to be crystal clear on what your motivation really is. And I call this the authentic motivating factor. So let me just explain this a little bit because it's really important. Let's suppose you're one of the many people who've decided you want to lose some weight. Why do you want to do that? Well, lots of people are going to say it's for health reasons. And for some of them, it may be true. But for a lot of people, being healthy is just not going to cut it as an authentic motivating factor. Yes, being healthy is very, very important, but it's not going to be the thing that motivates people. For a lot of people, looking good is what they really want, right? They want to feel sexy. They want to fit into skinny jeans. They want to rock a little black dress at their college reunion. And despite the fact that we are a looks-obsessed society, and I'm just going to say, ugh, because even though I'm talking about this, about this is what people probably really want, I hate the fact that we are this looks-obsessed society, but that's the way it is. And because we are, most people aren't going to confess that that's what they really want, um, because it's going to feel too vain to admit That's why they're hitting the gym. That's why they're cutting down calories. Um, They're going to say, no, I'm doing it because I need to be healthier. 
And if what they really want is that they want to look good and healthy is just going to be this nice little bonus, it means that they are never going to get in touch with their real motivation, which is a huge mistake. If you push away the motivation that that is real in favor of something that seems more noble, you're never going to be one with your goal. So you've got to be honest with yourself about why you want to make your goal a reality. And once you do that, you are exponentially going to increase your chance of success. The thing is your, your reason for wanting something doesn't have to be noble. It can be as self-serving as all get out. What matters is that it matters to you. So if you're going to be one of the 8% who are successful in achieving your goals, you've got to get crystal clear on your why. Because when the going gets tough, it's your why that will motivate you. It's your why. If your, if your why isn't absolutely compelling, you are going to be out of luck. So you need to really dig down and get clear on why you want what you want. And this is no time for BSing yourself. And that, I mean, the truth is there is never a time for that. So those are the first two legs of the tripod. The what it is that you want, that it has to be something that you truly want. And then you have to be crystal clear on why you want it. Now, the third leg of the tripod is probably not something you're expecting. It's not often talked about. And here it is. Your goal has to be right-sized or in more woo-woo terms, a vibrational match to your confidence. Stay with me here because this is like the secret sauce. When you set a goal, you're really seeking a particular feeling. It's not the actual event itself that is going to make it a success. It's the feeling you get when the event happens, right? So going back to our weight loss goal, it's not seeing the change on the scale per se. It's the way you feel when you see yourself in the mirror. It's the joy at buying something a size smaller or a size bigger if you need to gain weight. It's being able to move with a lighter step. It's all about the feeling. So when you imagine reaching your goal, you need to be able to imagine the feeling and own it, meaning you don't buy it back and and you don't dismiss it. So let me give you an example of how this might work. Let's say you have a true desire to run a marathon and you know why you want to run a marathon. So you've nailed those, you've nailed those two things. But let's also say that you've never stuck to a training plan for longer than a few weeks or run more than a couple of miles at a time. So if you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to run a marathon six months from now, it's very likely that when you imagined yourself doing it, you'd be unable to get on board with it emotionally. You could say the words, but as you imagined it, you'd probably be quietly reminding yourself that you'd never stuck to a plan, that it's a huge goal, and that you probably won't be able to do it. Never mind that you really want it, but because you haven't, you haven't proven to yourself yet that you can do anything even close to that, you are going to be thinking about those, um, those challenges. So in a nutshell, your goal isn't a vibrational match to your confidence level. It doesn't fit. And this is where resistance will show up. This is where the friction will begin to build. So when you have a situation like this, 
because this happens. I mean, I, I think if I sat down with 10 people that eight people would go, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I want something. I really, really want it. I set a big goal, but I've never done anything even close to it before. And it just doesn't feel like I can do it. So this is what I say to people in that situation. What if you reframe the goal? So using our running example, what if this person reframed the goal to sound something like this? I intend to successfully complete in marathon someday soon. My goal right now is to run a 5k and let people see my inner runner shine as I cross the finish line with a big smile. So you see how that is a right size goal. We're going for somebody that's, that really wants to run a marathon, but the jump from, I've never stuck to a training plan before. I've only run a couple of miles at a time, jumping all the way up to, I'm going to run a marathon is a really big leap. It's a big leap for your emotional self. It's a big leap, you know, confidence wise. And most people cannot make that big leap. So we need to hold on to that overall intention, that overall goal. I am going to run a marathon, but my goal right now is to run a 5k. So that goal is a vibrational match because when you think about it, it's going to feel like a much better fit. Now you haven't given up on that marathon, but you aren't fixating on that as the goal. You're focused and set on an interim step. That's a stretch, but definitely doable if you level up a bit. So your subconscious isn't going to be throwing the same level of doubt at you. And when you successfully complete that 5k, you'll be in the right place to confidently level up and set your next incremental goal towards your marathon dream. So does that make sense? We're talking about moving in steps, leveling up in steps, holding on to the big goal, but not making the big goal the immediate focus. So the same is true with decluttering your home. If you have been decluttering for what seems like forever and you've yet to make lasting progress, that's a sign you need to do a couple of things. You need to clarify your vision and you need to set a goal that is right-sized. So I once worked with a woman who told me how much she wanted to get things in order, but she couldn't quite stick to her plans. Something would always come up and she'd backslide and erase all of her efforts. Hands up if you feel like you've been there. Now, I was working on with her one-on-one in her in her home. So we were we were together and her mother would often stop in during our sessions just to see how things were going. So I decided to ask my client how she felt about that. Well, she confessed she hated it. She also confessed she called me at her mother's behest. It was her mother who had told her, I think you should declutter. So I pried more and asked if she really wanted to clear the clutter and organize her home. I half expected her to tell me no, that she was just fine like it was. But she said yes. And when I pushed again a little more, she said most definitely she was tired of living with the chaos. She really wanted to do this. So I said, we've got to get to work on clarifying your vision. When I had started working with her, she had told me the reason she wanted to get organized is so that things would run more smoothly and that she'd have more leisure time. And those are common reasons. So I didn't question them. In hindsight, I definitely should have, as you're going to find out. But these, these, um, reasons were also the same reasons that her mother would echo when she checked in on us. She would say, 
Oh, honey, you're going to have so much more time once you get organized. You'll be able to read and things won't feel so stressful. So I turned to my client and I said, how, how do you feel about the fact that your reasons seem to be the same reasons that your mother is saying you should get, you know, that you need to get organized? Well, she said that irritated her. She was really, she was really ticked off about that. She was super frustrated. And I asked her if she wanted to tell her mother to back off. And she said, yes and no. I don't want to do it in so many words is what she said. She didn't want to confront her and say, get out of here. But she really did want to tell her off. But not in those words. She confessed she dreamed of showing her mother. She dreamed of her mother walking into a completely clutter-free house and having her mother's jaw drop in awe. I said, that is your authentic motivating factor. You want to show your mother that you are capable of doing this. And she was like, oh my God. She's like, that seems really childish. Um, she loved her mother and that like, I'll show you attitude. She was just ready to dismiss it as immature. But the more we talked about it, she realized that it really lit a fire in her. She really wanted to declutter, but she also really wanted to show her mother that she could declutter. So I reminded her that she didn't have to share that reason with anyone. And if it motivated her, if it was the thing that got her going, then she owed it to herself to leverage it. And once she tapped into that motivation, man, she was ready to roll. So together we set a right size goal, something that was achievable and that would have real impact on her life. And surprisingly, we chose her car. She spent many hours a day driving for her job and she used it, her car basically as her road office. And it was always a jumble of stuff. So she decluttered it and she organized it. And that right size goal had a daily impact on her. Every time she got into it, she was reminded that she could create change. And that success added even more fuel to her fire. There was a moment when she texted me and she said she had just dropped her mother off after a lunch out and her mother was floored by how tidy her car was. She said that felt like the biggest win ever. Now keep in mind, this, this woman was already like super successful in every other area of her life. And now she's like getting her mother into a car that is like clutter-free, taking her to lunch and just like feeling so good. So what she had originally wanted to dismiss as her motivating factor, the fact that she wanted to show her mother <laughs> that she could do this was actually something that just energized the heck out of her. So as you can see, it, your, your authentic motivating factor does not have to be noble. It doesn't have to be something that you would want to share with your neighbors. It just has to be something that gets your engine revving. The bottom line is nailing your vision is critical to success. It's also something we cover in depth in Clutter Control 101. So if clearing clutter from your life is a goal, I encourage you to check out that e-course over on organizingmaven.com. If you're someone that's looking for some support and you'd love to be around some like-minded people, then I encourage you to check out our private Facebook group, Clear Your Clutter, Find Your Happy. That link is in the show notes. Um, you can also 
pop on over to Facebook and just search for Clear Your Clutter, Find Your Happy. And of course, if you have questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. You can find me everywhere at Organizing Maven. I will be back next week with the I in the viable goal setting process, um, the framework that I have. And then starting on September 1st, we'll be back to our regular programming. So I will see you next week.